All right, Alexander, let's do a video to focus in on two foreign policies from uh, two countries, faraway countries, but we definitely have big foreign policy uh, decisions being made. One is Brazil and the newly uh, elected Lula. And the other one is Israel and the newly elected Netanyahu. And we have some uh, major foreign policy announcements, statements, decisions. Which one should we start with first? Uh, well, let's, let's, let's start with Brazil. Lula. Lula is now, Lula is now okay. officially president again of Brazil. He's uh, um, you know, been inaugurated. He's once more in charge of Brazilian foreign policy. Um, we're not going to discuss in this program how strong his domestic position is doesn't look as if it was as strong as it was when he was first elected. But he is in charge of Brazilian foreign policy. And he's now made it very clear that despite whatever connections he has to the United States, that his priority is going to be reactivating the BRICS, getting Brazil deeply involved once more in the BRICS group. That's going to be his the central the central part of what he's going to do. So uh, about a week ago, he had, an, while he was still president-elect, he had a very warm telephone conversation with Putin. I mean, the two leaders, well, Lula wasn't yet a leader then, but he is now. They spoke each other. They spoke to each other in very friendly terms. And yesterday, in after his inauguration, he met the speaker of Russia's Federation Council, that's the upper house of the Russian parliament, Valentina Matveyenko, a person who, you know, is quite important in Russian politics. She brought to him a message from Putin. He apparently responded very positively. He's now saying that Brazil will emphasize the BRICS and that's clearly now Brazil's major alignment. So if there was any hope in Washington that getting rid of Bolsonaro, putting Lula in is going to change Brazilian policy over Russia, the BRICS, Ukraine, all of that. What it's actually done is it seems as if Lula is determined to get closer to the Russians integrate more deeply with uh, um, the BRICS. And there's been talk today of a major trade deal being done between the Russia and Brazil, with the Russians sending fertilizer, all kinds of fertilizer products to Brazil, which is, of course, a major agricultural producer. So it looks like there's not going to be a distancing from uh, Russia Lula is more enthusiastic about the BRICS than Bolsonaro was. Bolsonaro refused to take a pro-Ukrainian position. Doesn't look as if Lula is going to change that. In fact, he's going to take, if anything, a more pro-Chinese, more pro-Russian position. Yeah, but uh, the, the Biden White House was pulling for Lula, if I'm not mistaken. No. Were they not? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So they're going to be well. They're going to be taken aback by by, by this decision, aren't they? Yeah, they're going to be very disappointed about it. I'm absolutely sure about this because I mean, clearly they didn't get on 
with Bolsonaro, who was ideologically their opposite. Bolsonaro had a good relationship with Donald Trump. So they don't they didn't like Bolsonaro. And of course, on the green politics issues, the Amazon rainforest, all of those sort of things. Lula is closer to the US, to the Democrats than Bolsonaro was. But today, for the administration, the overarching issue to be straightforward about this is this confrontation that they managed to get the US into with Russia over Ukraine. And on that, Lula is against them. He's made that absolutely clear. And they're going to be disappointed by it. I mean, they're going to be very disappointed by it. Now, what they're going to do is another matter. I don't think they're going to want to go down the route of encouraging regime change in Brazil, given what a complicated and big country that is. But anyway, they are going to be disappointed. And Brazil is a big country and a powerful one, or potentially so. And of course, it's not going to do Biden's bidding over Ukraine. Yeah, it doesn't do any good to, to try and engineer any type of, uh, of no. regime change because the, the, the one option is, is essentially the same when it comes to foreign policy, whether yeah. it's Bolsonaro or Lula. Yes. You, you run into the, the support for BRICS. Exactly. And the support exactly. for Russia. Exactly. Period. So. Exactly. I mean, tracking Lula's statements, one gets the clear sense that he, he doesn't want to come out and say this openly but he's more sympathetic to the Russians than he is to the Ukrainians. He clearly thinks that the Russians have been pushed into this situation by the Americans, and his instinctive sympathies are with the Russians over this. His policies remind me very much, if I have to say this, of Modi's in India. You're now starting to see a BRICS group which is not only cohering, but which continues stable policy lines, regardless of who wins an election in Brazil or in other places. How how about Israel? What's going on there? Yeah, I think this is even more interesting, actually, because, of course, Israel has tried since the start of the Ukrainian conflict to to maintain a sort of... um, balanced position between Ukraine and Russia. Now, under a lot of pressure from the Biden administration, the previous Israeli government was starting to tilt more towards Ukraine. And there was some talk um, recently that Israel might start to provide air defense systems to uh, Ukraine, for example. And Netanyahu has now become prime minister. He leads a new coalition. Uh, Netanyahu has a long, very close relationship with Putin. The two men know each other. They like each other. They've been friends. They have major disagreements about Iran and Syria, but they've always been able to negotiate and find ways around those. So um, Netanyahu has come in and he's foreign minister, a man called Cohen, has come out and he said, You know, we're going to be talking more quietly about Ukraine from now on, which to my mind is a clear signal that Israel, the new Netanyahu government, is going to row back on the 
tilt towards Ukraine that the previous government had um, sort of indicated and that they're going to revert to a more um, equidistant position, which they presumably see as being in Israel's interests. So, in effect, Netanyahu is distancing himself from Biden over Ukraine. And it's hardly surprising because it's pretty well known that the two men Netanyahu and Biden can't stand each other, and uh, Netanyahu and Putin, by contrast, get on extremely well. Yeah, I was going to say the the same thing. It's no secret to anybody that that Netanyahu and and Biden just do not get along. Netanyahu does not like Biden at all. No. Um, Would Israel be making this type of foreign policy decision if they had the uh, the inside information that the war was going poorly for Russia. And the well, same carries carries over to Brazil. But I, I, I think Israel is 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 better to, to discuss because they're they're more uh, they have more uh, at stake. They're they're closer to to the action than well, the other, the, is, is further away. But the um, other, yeah. I mean the other the other big yeah. difference is that Israel has one of the most sophisticated intelligence gathering uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, machines in the world. I mean, the Israeli intelligence is a huge operation and undoubtedly an extremely capable one, whereas Brazil doesn't. I mean, it may be a much bigger country, but it doesn't have the kind of um, intelligence, on-the-ground intelligence that Israel does. And you can be absolutely but certain. I was going to say that Brazil very... would, uh, but from Brazil's standpoint. Yeah. But I mean, is, no, I was Israel, just say from Brazil's standpoint, they wouldn't be doubling. They wouldn't be doubling down on bricks either. If, if no, they, exactly, if they exactly, exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. We're going badly for the Russians in Ukraine. But of course, the Israelis know exactly what's going on in Ukraine. I mean, they they are going to be extremely well informed. It's known that they have a lot of people who were in contact with them in Ukraine itself, and of course in Russia, and they know exactly what's going on. And of course they would not be committing themselves, or at least not committing. They would not be acting in the way that they are over U- over Ukraine if they felt that the Russians were going to lose and the Putin government was going to fall. So the fact that Netanyahu is repositioning Israel away from the Biden policy over Ukraine is a clear sign that the Ukrainian that the Israelis believe that the war is not going well for Ukraine and that these objectives that the administration has in Ukraine are not going to be achieved. And obviously, Brazil, with its less sophisticated sources of intelligence, but nonetheless, you know, they, they pick up all kinds of things as well. They probably have made this, reached the same conclusions. Yeah, it seems like only the, uh, the EU... The European Union member states, with the exception of Hungary, they're the only ones that are uh, that are being roped into this this neocon project. Everyone else Absolutely. seems I mean, to even understand e- exactly in which direction this is heading towards. Absolutely, even Japan, by the way. I mean, the the Japanese are quietly, uh, uh, um, um, you know, watering down their sanctions against the Russians. They're buying oil. And they're not, for example, they're buying oil from the Russians and they're ignoring the price cap. <laughs> I mean, you know, so I mean, even the Japanese are starting to distance themselves 
from this debacle. Uh, it's not widely reported in the West, but it's a fact. Everyone's making a stink about uh, the ruble price and about the oil price and, and gas. And they're saying, look, the sanctions are working. Uh, sooner or later, the Russian economy is going to find it. It's going to finally collapse now. It just took some time for the sanctions, the effect of the sanctions to kick in. Look at how everything is trending. Yeah. Everyone is, is buying Russian oil. I'm hearing that Russia is, is gearing up their, their LNG exports as well. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. That's exactly what's happening. And I mean, you know, uh, we've discussed the ruble many times. I mean, it's been actually. I mean, it's going up and down. It, I mean, it, remember, it's a, it's the kind of currency that tends to yo-yo. But there's no sign of a collapse at the moment in the ruble position. It's fairly stable in this range of you know 68 rubles to the dollar, up to about 75 rubles to the dollar which is basically, I think, where the Russian government wants it to be anyway. And we're probably going to see oil prices rise uh, over the course of this year with China opening up and all the indications. I mean, the PMI uh, figures coming out of Russia show, um, you know, PMI well above 50 for both industry and services. So it's, you know, a growing economy there. And in terms of the military side of things, well, we've talked about it many times. I have little more to say. Um, the world, as you correctly say, Brazil, India, China, Israel, Japan, they're all looking at this. And they're coming to their conclusions, and they're not the ones that the neocons in Washington and London want. You don't get this communicated here in Britain, and you don't get it communicated much in Washington, because, of course, the media doesn't write about it. I wonder how Israel is going to deal with, uh, with BRICS, with China and, and with Russia. Um, Given yeah. all of the activity that is taking place in the Middle East, all, all of the, the pieces being moved around, whether it's Saudi Arabia, Iran, yeah. Turkey, Syria, yeah. all of these things taking place, all of these changes taking place, and, uh, and Israel understanding that Europe is, the EU is just not, is not up to par to, to deal with any, any of these things. And uh, you have a Biden White House, which is just, you know, you can't, they, they don't want to deal with the Biden White House, and you can't really deal with them. So I wonder how Israel is going to navigate all of this. Yeah, well, I mean, the Israelis have uh, Netanyahu has already uh, um, given a clear signal of what his priority is. It is to establish diplomatic relations with Saudi Arabia. He wants to build up to strengthen the partnership with Saudi Arabia. Of course, the Russians are on good terms with MBS, so they might be able to help there. The Russians are on good terms with Iran, so they might be able to help there too, to sort of exercise some kind of restraint on Iran. So that's what he wants to do. He wants to strengthen Israel's regional connections because he can see that the United States is drifting away or being pushed away from the region, never go completely, but he wants to start hedging. He wants to build a relationship with the Saudis. He wants to consolidate the relationship with the Gulf states. He wants to maintain good relations with both China and Russia. 
he wants, in other words, to keep Israel out of trouble. Okay, uh, we will let you there, thedurand.locals.com. Look for us on Rockfin as well. And go to the Durand shop, 10% off. Use the code, good day. Take care.